Come here, big tits. Come here, big tits. Your tits belong to me. <laughs> Give them to me. I'm trying to do it like um, like a lullaby, you know? Sounds like Christopher Walken. Come here, big tits. Come here, big tits. Your tits belong to me. <laughs> what is that anyway? Come here, big tits. Come here, big tits. Your tits belong to me. Give them to me. I want to claim my tits. I want to claim my tits. I want to claim my tits. These are my tits. That's a. It's an excerpt from a a, a transcript between Rudy Giuliani and I believe a prostitute. I don't, I don't, I mean, is this supposed to make me not like Giuliani? Or is it some, I don't know, it's not really working on me. I never cared about him, but now I'm like, oh, Giuliani, Giuliani's sick, dude. He's claiming those tits. I mean, obviously he's a disgusting goblin, and, but. I just gotta say though, really quick sidetrack. Mm. The waves are looking immaculate. Oh yeah, those are some fucking waves. All right, proceed. Oh, I love that. Um, dude, the leaking is out of control. You, so many leaks. Jonah Hill, fucking. I I don't know, dude. I just I hate. It's not fair. Like if you're in with a prostitute in a motel room, I think you have a reasonable expectation that there's not going to be a transcript of you trying to claim her tits. Yeah, I mean, whatever happened to discretion? I it's just like that, dude. It's fucking lame. One of the horrible things about the internet is that it's made all these moments permanent. You know. Like, these moments will not be lost in time like <laughs> tears and rain. They're, they're on there forever. No, they're not just permanent. They're repeated billions of times. Do you know how many times someone has read the words, come here, big tits, in the last week? No idea. Millions. Millions. And it's not fucking fair, dude. Don't tell me... You that anybody who ever who ever hears what I'm saying right now, there's something you've written, said, begged for, done. <laughs> that if it got leaked, dude, your life would be over. You know, my friend just told me that there was this pilot at the airline she works for, uh -huh. and he got he had a bunch of like nudes and super racist texts leak like posted to the company facebook page and 
a video of him jacking off in his pilot uniform. <laughs> Did he lose his job? No. <sighs> that's, that's good. There's a pilot shortage. <laughs> uh, leverage. I'm untouchable, baby. <laughs> Come here, big tits. <laughs> Oh, God, it's a monstrous world. Yeah, I mean, dude, I I, I have so much that if it got leaked, nothing sexual, luckily. There's only one, possibly two photos of my penis on the internet. Not on the internet, but that (laughs) that I've ever sent, you know? Yeah, that have been, like, broadcast via data. Yeah, and I guarantee you both those girls deleted that photo almost immediately. Probably after seeing it. They were like, ah. Oh, great. They deleted it, and then they immediately went into albums recently deleted. And then cleared it again. Uh, Select all. (laughs) Delete now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's not cool. What is the best way for a guy to take a dick pic? In the mirror? Uh, I don't know. You definitely don't want to do, like, a top-down. The only thing that I've read online is that they find dick pics especially unflattering if it's just of the dick. Yeah, exactly. They want to see, like, you or, like, part of you. Mm-hmm. It's not just about, like, look at, like, here's just, look at this like you said, Oregon. Like, top-down picture of dick. Yeah, I mean, that's like, hideous. You know, like, guys, if a woman just sends a picture of her tit up close or a pussy, they're going to like that. Yeah. But girls don't like... Just straight up dick pic. Yeah, they want like they want some context. They want a yeah, background. Exactly, perfect. They want context with the dick. They want to be able to tell a story. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, what's that jackalope head behind him? I wonder if he went on a trip to Montana one time, and you know, hung out with. Uh, I don't know. Picked up a jackalope head. Um, okay, so. Barbie. I saw Barbie. I'm going to talk about it. Uh, so there's spoilers. Barbie was amazing. I'm going to put it out there. It's been a lot of back and forth from all sides. And we all know I'm, I'm no fan of um, hard leftist rhetoric or, or what have you. So I did go into the movie with somewhat of um <clears throat> God, I feel like I'm... Okay, I went into the movie with a mild skepticism. But I'm also fairly open-minded. I see one thing I don't... I, I, I never like to judge movies by anything external. Whenever I see a movie, I try to go in as, as blank slate as possible. That's one reason I don't like watching trailers for movies. Yeah. And I feel like this environment of culture, though, has kind of made that more difficult to do. Mm, yeah, somewhat. Because you're just like biased, like, oh, what are they going to do now? <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing is so often one side or the other hypes up this this narrative about what it is. And then you go and it's like, meh, it, it, it's not that woke. It's arguably not even woke at all. I haven't really read much about it, so just I can't comment. Well, so all the anti-wokes are immediately came out, including you know fucking the big hitters like 
Ben Shapiro went and gave like a really long review and um You watched it? I didn't watch Ben Shapiro's review, no. Did Ben Shapiro watch it? Yeah, he went to the theater, saw the movie, came out, said exactly what you would assume he would say. Oh, it's a it's a feminist propaganda and the Barbies are living in a matriarchy and it's completely unrealistic and Women don't even know what they actually want, which is to be a mother. <laughs> this is a terrible nerd voice. I'm sorry. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, the, you know, anything you think an anti-woke would say about Barbie is, has basically been the narrative. Okay. But I knew they were going to do that. And I also know they have the tendency to fucking flip out about shit. Point being is that, um, you know, one of the problems in modern film and television is that not just with creators, but also with audiences, is they have this very stupid, unsophisticated view of what a story is. And, you know, so for a lot of people, it's all it's all allegory. Like everything is representative of of some sort of fucking social issue or you know some type of person. But but good art has never been that. It's a good story is about people. It's about an event and actual people, you know, as close as you can get a character to being real. I mean, not always, uh, you know, there, there are allegories that are good, but most good film is, is not going to do that. It's, that would be an extremely limiting and stupid stupidly amateurish way to try and write a movie and um i don't i honestly i don't even know who the the woman is that did it can you look that up really quick the director yeah and the writer i know she's she co-wrote it with noah baumbach i believe who Barbie wrote director is greta gerwig yeah can you see what other movies she's done i i didn't even look little women ladybird nights and weekends hmm I never saw Lady Bird. They were little women. <laughs> you know that? Simpsons. Okay, fine. What does he say before that? And they knew they were no longer girls. They were little women. Acknowledge me. No, sorry, I'm looking for the writer of Barbie. It's Greta Gerwig and Noah oh, Baumbach. Okay, okay. Well, it was extremely well done. Um, obviously, this movie was not about real characters. <laughs> so that whole rant I just went on was kind of absurd in this context. But what, it, what, it, what the movie was not, in, if, if this is from my perspective, maybe Greta Gerwig herself would disagree with this. But the, that doesn't matter because in modern storytelling the writer is dead and um far more important is is the interpretation of the reader so can i hit that vape it's kind of dying Ugh, it's always dying it's kind of low too jesus christ what are you Ugh, that's pathetic this is what you got i mean i can Go get more. God damn. This guy's not puffing tough. So 
in my opinion, the movie was not trying to like sell a hard message about feminism or about the patriarchy or any of these um, sort of mm, mainstream political questions and debates, you know? I mean, it touched on those things, yes, but I didn't find it to be overly preachy. I didn't find it to be heavy-handed or, or, or awkward in, in an attempt to sell a message or anything like that. And I think the aspects of the film that, that touched on those, uh, those types of subjects were, it was just kind of a part of the overall, there was an overall message to, the, to, to that movie, you know? And I think that, I mean, I can't really articulate it in one easy statement, but it's something to do with, the, Barbie is a movie about girls and women, written and directed by a girl and woman, you know? And it's, one, one thing that was good about it is that you can enjoy it as a man, but you shouldn't go in there as a man expecting this movie to really speak to your perspective all that much or expecting it to be paying you a lot of fucking fan service because it's about women. So any any fucking dork guy that goes in there and is like, well, it was feminist. It's like, yeah, dude, you went to see Barbie. Barbie, like, Barbie uh, what Barbie. the fuck did you think it was going to be? It's a good point. And... So, you know, essentially, first, okay, let me give the easy good things about the movie. First of all, it was really fucking funny. Like, really funny. Ryan Gosling is so funny in it. And there was one point where I I literally, there was tears just like, I had to take my glasses off. I was laughing so hard. Just tears streaming down my face because Gosling was killing it. The movie looked amazing. It had like cool songs and and musical numbers, you know, like dancing. Thoroughly entertaining from start to finish. Really fucking smart. And uh, I don't know. Okay, so first of all, I should have mentioned this earlier. But when I went to see Barbie, I did the thing again. That I did at Super Mario Bros. You got too big. I got so blazed. Oh my god. So we got to the movie too early. I saw it with a girl. A woman. A grown woman. Definitely not someone I wanted to humiliate myself in front of. Mm-hmm. Um, but So I smoked some weed in the parking lot. And then we were there too early. So I, I was like, um, okay, well, I'll just have go. Let's go over here. I'll have a cigarette. And I was smoking a cig. And we were chatting on the sidewalk in front of the theater. And suddenly my vision just started tunneling. Mm -hmm. And she was going on and I had to stop her. And I go, (laughs) I said, said, I'm sorry, I'm going black. (laughs) And she was like, are you about to die? And I had to sit down. And I I seriously almost passed out and or threw up right there. I really shouldn't ever smoke weed again. But this was a purely physiological reaction that came about because of smoking a cigarette right after I got high, okay. which has always kind of had a tendency to make me heavy. But this oh, yeah. was a particularly bad attack. Mm-hmm. And I was, dude, I felt so shitty. I seriously, there was a like five minutes where I was like, um, am I going to have to bail on this movie? That would be so embarrassing. I mean, it was embarrassing either way, but she... <laughs> 
afterwards when we were talking about it, she described me. She was she said you were you were looking pretty gray. <laughs> oh God. So that's how I started it out. And then we went in. Snacks. I couldn't, dude. I if I when I get that blaze and paranoid, I can't be in that lobby. It's so bright. And I, the cotton mouth is unbearable. Like, everyone can look at me and see this guy. God, you're really making smoking weed sound stupid. It is. <laughs> it's moronic. It's nothing, it's certainly nothing a 40-year-old man should be doing. But then again, I really enjoyed this movie experience. Maybe you would have enjoyed it just as much without weed. Maybe. Maybe not, though. I can't even go into the lobby. <laughs> Well, I was in the lobby, but I needed to get to the, the sweet, sweet enveloping darkness of the theater. And then, you know, the typical thing, the fucking trailers freaking me out. But then the movie started, and I immediately was able to fall into that glorious, blazed movie state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. The movie got me right from the start. And it, it, there were so many interesting things about it. It's actually valuable, a valuable thing, I think, for a, a man to, to go and see or, or to just watch sometime. And think about the fact that this is, whether or not you agree with the message or the various things that Greta Gerwig is saying with that script, even if you think it's woke and you don't like woke shit, you can still enjoy the movie. Like You don't have to agree with everything somebody says to be able to step back and say, you know what? That was a really effective way of articulating yourself. Sounds like you're telling the people to uh, take a little bit of their own medicine. What do you mean? In what way? Oh, nothing. They just on like all the like <clears throat> anti-woke podcast that mm -hmm. was talking about like we need to get to a space where we can have an open dialogue mm. and like talk to each other without like always agreeing with everything mm -hmm. the person says. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. So why not fucking do that with some movies? Yeah, and and I and that's that's what I'm saying. Is that I prob there's probably tons of things that Greta Gerwig thinks that I would roll my eyes at and disagree strongly with. But don't give a fuck. She made an entertaining movie. Yeah, I'm not going to deny her her talent. It was a, it was a it was a quite an achievement. I mean the the pageantry, the costumes. <laughs> the pageantry. It was fucking awesome. Just Musical numbers. I mean, I can't deny I'm a sucker for a good musical number. Oh, you'll, dude, you'll like it. You're going to like this movie. Hamlet 2? Mm. Oh, yeah. Hamlet 2 is, I mean, that's like yeah. the, one of the best examples that exists. I still get like, whenever they start, start banging, whenever they start banging out the musical numbers in the end, mm -hmm. still to this day, it like gives me like, I get giddy. Yeah. I get like chills when they, when, whenever they like realize it. Makes you wish you could see it for real. Oh, yeah. I want to party see, with you, Jesus. I want to see the whole Hamlet, Hamlet 2 musical. People don't even know about Hamlet 2. So many people haven't seen it. Even people I know who consider themselves like kind of like connoisseurs of like not well-known funny movies. Mm. Unaware of Hamlet 2. It's weird. Or they're like, oh, I know about it, but I haven't seen it. It's not just hilarious either. It's like a heartfelt, touching story. Yeah. That's beautiful. I've, dude, that's one of the best movies, like, ever. Mm-hmm. It's probably, it's definitely in my top ten. Easily. Oh. <laughs> Do you want this back? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What flavor is that? Peach mango, but it's with menthol. 
I could eat a peach for hours. You know what that's from? Face off. Okay. I thought I, maybe I'd get you. I want to take his face. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh. Sweet Nick Cage. So one criticism a lot of people had of Barbie is that the Kens are like these pathetic simps, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and they are. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, the, the main criticism of Barbie from whoever is that... Um, There's no strong male role model. <laughs> there definitely is not. It's fucking Barbie. Yeah. It's about Barbie. The Barbie is... I don't know, that just seems obviously good. No one gives a shit about Ken. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and here's the thing, is that... So the Barbies live in Barbie land, and, and the Kens. And they basically... Every day is this party, you know. They're, they, it's like, they're not real human beings. That's the first mistake I think a lot of people make in assessing this movie. Is they, they have all these criticisms of, of the Barbies and the Kens as if they're people. But they're not. And as soon as, uh, so there's all these different types of Barbies, um, and Margot Robbie plays the stereotypical Barbie. And as soon as stereotypical Barbie starts manifesting like human characteristics and, and thoughts, she becomes, she starts to live uh, in disharmony in Barbie land. And then she travels to the real world to, to try and solve her problem. Mm -hmm. So, the Barbies and the Kens aren't human. They're ridiculous uh, exaggerations. They're dolls, you know? But And they live in Barbie land. So a lot of people are like, oh, the Barbies. So, you know, Barbie goes to the fucking real world. She goes through a bunch of adventures. Ken follows her. And then Ken... I told, I told you, listeners, there were spoilers. I'm telling the whole fucking plot here, okay? Mm -hmm. And then Ken... Ugh, all right, I apologize. Let me let me do it in a more uh, succinct way. Barbie wakes up in Barbie land, starts having thoughts about death and things like that, and it sends her into disharmony with Barbie land. Barbie land is this matriarchy where only the Barbies matter, and the Kens are just like constantly. Their whole purpose is to impress the Barbies, mm -hmm. which is one of the funniest funnier things that Gossing comes out the gate with. Is he's he's really j annoyed and jealous of the other Kens because whenever they talk to stereotypical Barbie, like he loves stereotypical Barbie and he wants her, but she doesn't really care about him. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, after the first day that they go through, Barbie goes to her dream home and she's, and Ken's like there and he wants to come inside. But she's like, what do you mean? I, you, obviously you're not coming inside. It's girls night. Mm -hmm. And then Ken kind of walks off and like, it, it comes into question, like, what does Ken do at night after Barbie goes to have, like, her slumber party with the other Barbies? And it seems it seems as if the Kens solely exist to be the be accessories to the Barbies, I mean, which fun. is what they are. In real life. Exactly. Ken is an accessory to the Barbie fucking toy line. Exactly. And it, it, he even says towards the end of the movie, he's like, to her, he says, my life only has meaning like in, in the fire of your, or in the heat of your gaze or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I can totally see how people who are obsessed with like allegory and stuff like that are going to fucking be like, look what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But it's not, to me, I didn't take it like that she was, like the filmmaker was saying, this is how it should be. That would be fucking stupid. 
I honestly don't think she thinks that. So anyway, Barbie travels to the real world and then Ken tags along. They get to the real world and um, Barbie has a hard time, you know, with what's happening. So she starts doing porn. <laughs> no. <laughs> but Ken loves the real world immediately. Oh, because it's patriarchal. Yes, yes. But even that, I think I honestly thought was sort of, they made some good points and and they were funny. Like like they're walking down the street and Barbie says to Ken, this is when they first get there and she says to him, I like I feel uneasy. I have this weird feeling of unease and Ken's like, I feel great. And and there's no there's no sense of impending violence anywhere. And Barbie's like, I feel lots of impending violence. Which, you know, that's true. I mean, that's the thing, man, is that like there are sensible aspects of feminism that I agree with. Yeah. And if they want to highlight something like a woman feeling an impending sense of violence in a world full of men that could kill them because they're more physically dominant, mm -hmm. that's legit. Yeah, it's definitely legit, you know. Um, I, I, I wouldn't say that um, I walk through the world with impunity, but, I, you know, I'm a short man. <laughs> I feel fucking terrified. Yeah. I feel I feel a sense of danger looming well, around every corner. Right. But with there, I think we can find some common ground. You know, the world is a dangerous place, mm -hmm. and so basically, after so Barbie starts having various adventures in the real world, and Ken goes back to Barbie Land and takes his newfound knowledge of the patriarchy, and he transforms Barbie Land into into like oh, Ken no. world. You know, and. Uh, when Barbie gets back, he's he's like ruined Barbie Land basically. <clears throat> um, I kind of want to watch it. It's fucking good. And you know, then basically, you can probably guess. You know, Barbie saves Barbie Land from mm -hmm. from Ken ruining it, and and it was good. And in the end, um, it, you know, she doesn't end up with Ken. Um, which at first I was kind of. I was kind of hoping that so Barbie Trout goes back to the real real world at the end of the movie and becomes a real person. That's mm -hmm. the ending. But before she goes, she kind of you know in her final confrontation with Ken, it, the whole time even when Ken he's being mean to her, you know, and he's like like he takes over her dream house and he's like this is no longer Barbie's dream house. This is Ken's. I can't remember what he calls it like Casa Dojo. Mm -hmm. So it's some funny name. Mega Casa Dojo House or something like that. And a part of me was kind of, before the movie ending, I was kind of hoping it would be that Ken would also get to go to the real world and become a real person, but he doesn't. And, I, you know, I kind of wanted Barbie and Ken to sort of, like, end up together in the real world. Mm -hmm. But the they went a different way, which on I guess upon reflection, I kind of respected that move because... It was cool to make it not a love story because you know so many so many movies about women or featuring women sort of that's their their uh, character arc yeah or the the crux upon which their their motivations turn mm -hmm. and I, and I can respect finally not doing that it, it was about Barbie finding herself or becoming a person. You know, yeah, it's a it's a bar it's a Barbie story, it's in Barbie Land, and Ken, you know, pr presumably goes off to like find find himself. He kind of comes to his own realizations in the end, but I, I don't know because 
a bit of a romantic. Um, I, I wish that maybe Ken had gotten out from under this the pathetic simp life that he was living. You know, I mean, I think that would have been kind of cool mm-hmm. if it. If Ken had managed to overcome his dullness as well, maybe that would have been a little bit more gratifying for some of the male viewers. But again, not what it was for. I can respect it. I don't know, man. I mean, when I came when I came out of Barbie, I teared up several times throughout really? the film. Yeah. Must have fucking high estrogen. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny, dude. I was blazed. I don't know. I, I tear up at movies. I do too. I fucking teared up at Avatar. Oh, that's fucking gay. <laughs> Whatever, man, when they kill those huge whale-like creatures, it's fucking sad. Fuck, Fuck Avatar. Avatar. I, heard, I heard the third one's delayed. Yeah, and it sucks. God, what a piece of shit. <laughs> I hope James Cameron dies before the third one is finished. Yeah, he's too rich. <laughs> He's got all that adrenochrome. Um, Didn't stop Steve Jobs from croaking well. <laughs> He's not dead. Steve Jobs? Yeah. You? Oh my God! These are some conspiracy that he's alive. Of course. You think he's a? He, you think he's dead? Of course he's dead. Don't be naive, dude. <laughs> <laughs> all right, wrap this up. Oh, are we almost there? Fuck. All right. Well, when I came out of Barbie, here was the first thing I wrote down. This was, this is what I took away from the movie. Life is beautiful. Even the good parts hurt and the parts that hurt feel good and everything changes and we die. It was both an uplifting message and it yet dark and kind of depressing at the same time. I really enjoyed it. I probably will see it again in theaters. I do need to go see Oppenheimer so that I can just finally determine which one is truly better. Even though I already know the answer. Yeah, but you know the subject of the next pod. <laughs> <laughs> next week, Oppenheimer. I don't begrudge women their perspective in the world. You know, like there's a lot of women who are saying very actively we don't want to be the thing, you know? So you have these fucking conservatards out there who are, or, or the red pill fuckers and all this shit. And they're like, well, women need to be trad wives and have kids or you're going to hit the wall and you're never going to be happy, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, a lot of the women who fucking rail against that are annoying, like Chelsea Handler. She's repulsive and fucking not funny, seems bitter, so obviously you can find examples, but there's other women who are straight up telling you like, no, dude, we don't want to be the thing, you know, we don't want to do that. Maybe we do want to be a mother, but we also want to have a career. And it's like, I don't know. You can have your fucking take whatever you want about that, but it exists. And what I think is stupid is to begrudge women their attempt to fucking carve out a piece of the pie for themselves, you know? Like, that. the whole world is a big power struggle, and men have dominated it in, in a lot of ways throughout human history. 
And whether you think that's good, whether you think it's bad, I'm not even making a fucking value judgment on that. But you do need to understand that women are now in a position in the world where they're going to try and fucking take some of that for themselves. And it's foolish to begrudge them that because everyone does it. Tell boy, tell boy, who's 